welcome to another edition of Irish Illustrated Insider, brought to you by irishillustrated.com. We're a couple days ahead of Navy here, so previewing that, wrapping up news of the week, we'll talk a little bit of recruiting, but uh, I guess just first the the hangover effect of Clemson is something that we should address now that we've talked to players and coach a little bit. Um, I, I'm never really convinced that it's not there until it's not there, uh, and we certainly have been through performances where it is showed up big time and performances where it's been a non-narrative, I guess. So, I mean, Joe Schmitz, Deshaun Kaiser, what I mean, what did you take away from those guys in terms of whether there's going to be a, a lingering effect of Clemson on Saturday? Yeah, the, the great quote by Brian Kelly, don't let Clemson beat us twice. You know, I, I understand where he's coming from there. It's kind of hard to, to look at Joe, a, a laughing Joe Schmidt as he comes into the press conference and then five minutes later says, He's still livid from Saturday. I don't know that livid is the right word, but you know he's obviously very, very motivated. I don't expect a hangover here just because it's, I mean, it's so important that they bounce back. First and foremost, the offensive line after the the struggles they had at times against Clemson, I expect them to come out firing on all cylinders. And I know that Navy's only giving up 15 points a game, but to me, the only real accomplishment within that is the 45-21 win over East Carolina East Carolina is a, a solid program, a program that you have to respect and be prepared to play. But I don't know. Maybe I, I and I probably as as guilty as anyone about you know looking at Navy and always thinking that Notre Dame's going to be just fine. But I think there's a bounce back performance and, and effort uh, this week against Navy. I think the uh, wondering if there's a hangover. I, I, I think Notre Dame's going to come out very strong. But I think the hangover it comes in, in your practice preparations and your focus as the game goes along. And I just mean that you can see Notre Dame getting up 7 nothing and 21-7 to and 24-7. to But do they have that focus through, to, to put Navy away? It's very hard to put a good Navy team away. And then we're going to get into this later because Pete talked about how he kind of feels, and I agree with you, that a very good Notre Dame team or a great, really good Notre Dame team, a great Notre Dame team is never going to lose to Navy. Yeah. But that great Notre Dame team hasn't played Navy in a very long time because the best Notre Dame teams played a terrible Navy team in 2012 that had no quarterback. And this is a good Navy team and possibly a very good to great Notre Dame team. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see when Notre Dame gets the lead I expect if that's where the letdown comes. I think this this Navy team would beat a bunch of Notre Dame yeah. teams that we've covered in the last 10 years. So I, you have to take that into account that if Notre Dame wasn't really, really good... I I would go out on a limb and pick Navy this weekend. I mean, if this was a you know 2007, 2008, 2009, I mean even 2010, um, those even Reese's last uh, thirteen, even I mean they those lost Notre Dame teams would really struggle with this Navy team. Um, this Notre Dame team with this offensive yeah. line, especially after being told all week that you're terrible uh, after that you know rushing performance at Clemson. I think they're going to blow Navy off the ball, uh, but I, I agree with you, Tim. I think Navy's going to keep coming and keep coming and keep coming and keep coming, and then they'll just keep coming. It's, <laughs> and it's like this: they're ranked, they're number one in the country in penalties per game at two and a half per game, which is a full penalty better than number two. Obviously, they're number one in penalty yards. They're number one in turnovers lost at one. So that that whole like oh Navy doesn't that's a huge one Navy doesn't beat themselves well the numbers back that up they well, don't and they force nine turnovers so I mean they're number four in the nation in in turnover margin so yeah I mean it's a t- 
it's a good, solid Navy team that on paper heading into this game looks like they're better defensively than they have been. They have some guys up up front, uh, Sarah at the nose guard position that's been there for a while. Their linebackers are a little bit bigger. Their leading tacklers, 249 pounds. You don't normally say that about a, a about a Navy um, uh, line, but or, or you know front seven. But I did want to, Tim. I wanted to address. I thought the story that you wrote about Notre Dame, 14 of the 21 losses in the in the uh, Brian Kelly era have they fallen behind by double digits in the first quarter or first half, and that that's startling. I mean, we knew that that's happened a few times, but 14 yeah. out of 21 is startling to me. It was. I didn't think it was going to be that many. I just remembered we were, we've been talking about offhandedly that this plus Arizona State plus uh, USC and people kind of forget. I mean, Louisville was seventeen to six like that too, and they kind of had to fight back from that. Yeah, it's a strange. It's a strange stat, and it's really interesting that it hasn't slowed down. I mean, it, it's they had a couple of first year, and you know, there, there's one in there that I almost would take back. They fell down twenty-one-seven to Michigan, the Dane Christ game. That wasn't necessarily anything on starting flat. I mean, they went down and scored, and Chris yeah. went out, and they couldn't defend themselves right. and everything. But, right. I mean, it was still 21-7 at the end of the half. It's it's unfortunate because you're not going to come back and win those games. They uh, they went down 14 nothing to North Carolina and came back and won. And they went down, I don't hesitate to throw this one in there, but they went down 10 nothing at Purdue when Purdue won one game. In 2013, yeah, but it was a bad start. Yeah, so those I mean, are the only have... two where they've come back and won. So there's 14 where they haven't, and they came back right. to beat North Carolina. Came well, back. Well, I mean, you had the North Carolina. That was a there was a pick six involved right, there. Right. Uh, Arizona State had one as well, and a couple fumbles and in a it, couple yeah. fumbles. Yeah. So I mean, it's a massive amount of turnovers. It wasn't like. I guess Clemson, if you want to count Tyler Newsom's bad pun, is like a half turnover. It is, I guess almost, it is. Could. It's a pick at the forty, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you could you could go there if you wanted to, but you know if that happens this weekend against Navy, Notre Dame's going to be in a lot of trouble <laughs> yeah. because not only you're down, but it's evidence that you don't have a handle on the option, and if you don't have a handle in the beginning, you're not going to have a handle on the end. But I think the Georgia Tech performance and the confidence mm-hmm. they got out of that even though the personnel is a little bit different minus Drew Tranquil I, I have a hard time seeing Navy marching up and down the field in a way that they had the last couple of years where Notre Dame has sort of been a little bit clueless defensively and if not for Jalen Smith they may have lost one if not both of the last two years Yeah, I, it's so strange that they fell behind in that game last year looking back that we remember 28-7 and letting it linger kind yeah. of but they actually went behind at the start of the fourth quarter and then they they rallied and, and basically scored the next i think it was next 14 points and, and held them off but you know i i do expect Notre Dame to have a good start i just think that there's going to be a moment where you can put them away at the end of the second quarter, early third, and they have to do it. Because otherwise, you're in a four-quarter game. And it doesn't mean you're going to go behind. I just mean when you're up two touchdowns against Navy, going into the fourth quarter, and Navy has the ball, they are happy with that. They're more than happy to be down 14 points with the ball in the fourth quarter. Well, there aren't too many teams that put a Keenan Reynolds-led Navy team away. Right. And, and, you know, it's a, I mean, we talked about this yesterday, Tim. I mean, the second quarter. And you're talking about the second score of the game. I mean, those are the second quarter is where Navy makes up their ground. Probably because they've run a couple series and, and Notre Dame or whoever the opponent is has done a good job of coming into the game with a plan and then they make adjustments. And I think that's one of the more fascinating things about this is Navy looks at Notre Dame's performance against Georgia Tech and I'd love to be a fly on the wall in their in their meeting room to see what they're saying. Okay, they did this, now we're going to counter with that. And they'll, of course, counter along the way. I asked a couple, Schmidt and, and Day and a couple guys about 
you know, do you try to anticipate what adjustments they're going to make or do you have to let them make the adjustment and, and adjust from that, so to speak? So, um, you know, their answer is you can't you can't really anticipate what they're going to do until they, they actually right. do it. Yeah, it's uh, the Justin Thomas versus Keenan Reynolds comparison. You know, I asked a couple of players about that on Wednesday and so, you know, very similar Reynolds obviously more experienced, and I think where that's going to show is like remember how shocked we were in the press box when Justin Thomas had to call timeouts because Notre Dame was giving him something funky defensively. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, with I don't if it if it does, they, Bob Elliott Bob Elliott's a genius job uh, in the in the offseason. He's done a very very good one, uh, but if they can confuse Keenan Reynolds, then Navy has no chance. Um, I just don't think that they're going to be able to confuse a guy who's I think this is his thirty seventh career start. Uh, will be this weekend. Navy's never had a quarterback with that kind of experience. And he's won 25 of them, yeah. so he's used to winning. And it's just it's remarkable. They have 73 touchdowns. I mean, yeah. it, I know they don't play the incredible competition every week, but to the, the, the consistency there. And Brian Kelly made a good point. He's like, if he breaks the record, the FBS record, he needs five. If he breaks the record this week against us, oh, there's a problem. Yeah. Well, he's had four yeah. before against their yeah. games. So. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, Navy's only given up uh, – one rushing touchdown, and that came last week uh, against Air Force. So, I, I mean, I just look at this. The be- I, I think Notre Dame can be balanced offensively. I, I expect them to be able to run. Um, Navy just two interceptions and 120 passes, so I expect them to be able to throw. I don't know. I just I don't see a hangover here. I think Notre Dame's going to be motivated enough that they've got to bounce back. They can't leave anything to chance. They've been they've been there before. With Navy, and I think rather than be complacent, they're going to want to build upon what they did against the option against Georgia Tech. It's interesting you mentioned that about the not getting interceptions because I do think it's part of their. Brian Kelly, I think, alluded to it a couple years ago. He loves how their defense plays off their offense. They just sit back and cover two, and you're going to get 60 yards every drive, and you have to score a touchdown and not turn it over in the red zone and not kick a field goal or blow. That that I mean, they, and he's saying they they're more back. aggressive now. Yeah, and I don't. They, they can't be aggressive see, against Notre Dame, or it's going to be a bunch of 60 yards. I don't it's see going evidence anyway. of that. I, I don't see evidence of them there's, being significantly more. There's a aggressive. lot of big plays for Notre Dame in this game. That yeah, the, the reason those games are close often with Tommy Reese led teams when it was 38-34, it was like pulling teeth to get those touchdowns. Well, I mean, with with Tommy Reese, you're only you only have 30 yards down the field to even right. work with. With Kaiser, it's more like 50. With Zaire Wimbush, it's 70. So it's it's a there's a lot more field to defend. I mean, I I'm I'm very curious to see what Navy's defense looks like because they're 12 points better per game. They're 70 yards better per game, and they're exactly one yard better per play. That's really good. I mean, that that is a huge jump. Yeah. Now, they haven't factored in the Notre Dame performance, so they're probably going to give up 30 or 40 points. But still, that's that's not going to wash out uh, that jump where, look, they played Connecticut and Air Force and East Carolina. So it's not like they've played Elkhorn State. Well, they did play Colgate. They opened with Colgate. So yeah, I mean, but everybody has one game like that, and their next three games are teams. Two of them are conference games, so they're supposed to be comparable teams. If you're that much better than where you were last year, when you're playing an independent schedule and it's just a mishmash of programs, there has something has to be happening here with Navy. Well, no, with Navy's defense to beat East Car- to beat East Carolina by 24 points, and that is a conference game. Yeah. That's that's impressive. Yeah. East Carolina is a handful on most Saturdays. Yeah, and then, I mean, you, it's not like Bob Diaco didn't know what was coming when they played UConn. 
Um, you know, it's interesting. Diaco and Brian Kelly both voted Navy into their coaches' pool top twenty-five this week. Uh, it's you know, as they've been saying all week, it's a respect game, guys. It's a respect game, and how do you respect your opponent? Voting them into the top twenty-five. You know what? They usually when they're good, when they have a quarterback, Dobbs and Reynolds, they are about that though. I mean, they're a hard team to. It's weird to say they're a hard team to beat because everybody always beats them when they're good, but they're a hard team to get rid of. That's for yeah. sure. It's. Notre Dame shouldn't lose to Navy when they're good, but it doesn't mean you're going to put one on them either. No, this is probably ultimately going to end up being a 9-3 and Navy team. Uh, I mean, if things go really well, I mean, this is a conversation we never thought we'd be having. Navy is a quality win on your playoff resume. That ultimately could happen yeah. if Navy goes out and, and finishes 10-2. and Or let's say they beat Memphis. Let's say they beat Houston. They go 11-1, and and they're the team that makes the Group of Five New Year's Six Bowl game. I mean, that... Suddenly, you're, you're looking at Navy a lot different. I, I think people have been very slow to come around as, to Navy as like, well, that's actually a pretty good team. I think maybe now that they're in the, the American Conference right. and they're playing Houston and they're playing Memphis, there's going to be a lot more, well, Navy beat Team X and Team Y, so maybe we should look at them a little bit differently. Their problem, though, is that, A, they'll probably lose this weekend, and B, when you look at the stretch of their schedule, it's at Memphis, SMU, at Tulsa, at Houston. Sure. I don't. I don't think they're going to survive that. Ultimately, to be yeah. Know, I mean, with the big boys, so they split them, and you know, just they end up as a, te- a ten and two team. Like that would still that would be that's going to be a lot better than a lot of other teams eighth or ninth. Yeah, I say right? I say nine and three, but yeah. I mean, still, that's good, a hell of a year so for them. Good season. So, I mean, predictions. I'll. I I'm going Notre Dame, but I don't think it's going to be a runaway performance. So, I think thirty four twenty four sounds about right to me. Navy is going to be a lot more prepared and a lot more adaptable than Georgia Tech was, I think, offensively, uh, for just purely based on the Keenan Reynolds versus Justin Thomas dynamic there. And I don't think Navy is going to get out of its game plan the way Georgia Tech just abandoned it right. and started passing the ball. Navy's just going to keep running, and that's going to keep the game close. I, I, I am not expecting any moments in the fourth quarter of sheer panic which is what's happened the last two years. Um, so I, I'm not going to say it's going to be a comfortable Notre Dame win at 34-24, but I also don't think it's going to be a mad dash at the finish where Notre Dame feels like it's just holding on for dear life. I am along those lines. I think there'll be at least a two-touchdown lead in the fourth quarter, but I do think there's going to be that third-quarter moment where you're thinking, how in the world did they get back into this game? Because I do think Notre Dame's going to start well, and then he. But it's just so. I said it last week. They do not stop, and I, I'm not just saying that of like the respect factor. Brian Kelly said that they keep coming at you, man, and they don't care that they're down 24 seven. They think it's fine. Uh, you know, people think, well, you get ahead of Navy, it's over because they have to run. No, that's fine. They just run and score. But Notre Dame, I'm going to go a little higher. I'm going to go about 42. I was thinking 42 to 28, 44 to 30. Even um, I, I guess I'm trying to say that. I don't think they'll cover. Um, I mean, Notre Dame scored 56 and 50 when Navy had nothing. They scored 38 with Tommy Reese. They scored 49 last year with Golson and some turnovers. And I do think they can get to 40 points. Uh, I think almost, you know, almost need red zone turnovers not to get to 40 points, I think, if you're Notre Dame in this situation because they're going to get yards. But, uh, yeah, I think Navy just keeps coming. You notice in the third quarter they're not put away. There's going to be Tom Hammond's going to say something about it. Navy cuts it to 10 at some point in the third quarter, and then Notre Dame will go score. But I I do think that uh, Notre Dame fans will hate Tom Hammond more after this game because of the open rooting they will perceive from the uh, (laughs) Navy's option. And, uh, you know, afterwards uh, it's going to be a fine win for the Irish, but it's not easy. Tom Hammond's always hated Notre Dame. You know that. Oh, forget it. <laughs> <laughs> I, nor, I nor can't Dame. believe he's rooting for Keenan Reynolds. Yeah. 
Notre Dame in the 40s. Yeah. I, I would be very, very surprised if Notre Dame didn't get into the 40s. Uh, you know, I know we said this before we got started. I, if if Bob Diaco can hold them to 28 points, how how where should Notre Dame be holding them? You can't make that that exact comparison. Um, they only needed about 10 to beat Diaco. The, 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 look, we've seen yeah. Notre Dame blow out Navy. This is too good of a Navy team to just get blown out like in Ireland or, or something like that. That's not going to happen. Keenan Reynolds is not going to allow that to happen. But I see a, a motivated Notre Dame team that's obviously just too good and over, eventually overwhelms them. All right, well, we'll get into a little bit of recruiting heading into Navy weekend after this. Segment two of Irish Illustrated Insider brought to you by irishillustrated.com is our recruiting roundup. And I guess, Pete, this is kind of a warm-up lap to what uh, what awaits Notre Dame for the USC game in terms of recruits in town. Um, three big ones in particular, one of which is already committed to Notre Dame. Yeah, Parker Boudreaux coming back for this game. Um, but the top senior prospects in town, Carlo Kemp, who we've been talking about for a couple months now since Notre Dame offered him, defensive end out of Boulder, Colorado. Notre Dame's offered him. It's sort of a Notre Dame-Michigan dynamic right now. Um, and then David Long, who's a corner out of L.A., goes to Loyola High School, which is the same high school Anthony Barr went to. Um, and he was supposed to visit over the summer. I talked a lot about it and then just committed to Stanford. But I think he wants to see Notre Dame and check it out. And I think anytime you're hosting guys who are committed to Stanford, the storyline that or the dynamic that props up to me is just, well, what if they don't get into Stanford? Because that has happened a lot. That happened with Troy Nicholas and Notre Dame was the beneficiary of that. Um, so David Long, I saw him at the opening, impressive player, uh, you know, somebody you'd like to have in your class. Notre Dame needs defensive backs still pretty badly in this hall. So, yeah, Long and Kemp will be be worth watching. they got a handful of juniors, too. Alaric Williams is one that, you know, is interesting. He's from Alabama, Auburn commitment, um, athlete-type guy. So I'll be curious to see what happens with that. But, um, yeah, it's it's Kemp and it's Long this weekend, and you're right. It's really just a warm-up for USC. You know, I, I find Carlo Kemp to be an interesting prospect. He's listed as a defensive end. If he were to play that position in college, it almost undoubtedly would, would be where Isaac Rochelle plays. Um, you know, more of a run-stopping defensive end than he would necessarily be a pass-rushing guy. Could be a three-technique long-term. Uh, where do you see Notre Dame with him and... Um, you know, what kind of inroads do they expect to make with him this week? Uh, you know, I, I think they need to make up ground on Michigan. I think Michigan leads right now um, just based on familiarity. But when Notre Dame offered, Kemp had told people around him that that was his, that was his dream school. That was the one he had been waiting on. Um, and, you know, Michigan has sort of come and made a, a pretty big push there. But I think you're right about his skill set, too. He's, I think the best case scenario for him is like an Isaac Rochelle type of college career where – you can play jumbo defensive end. You can move inside in sub packages and you know, do a little bit of everything and never come off the field too. So um, that's, I think, where they see Carlo Kemp. But if you look at the other defensive ends they have in this class, Julian O'Quire, Jameer Jones, those are much more outside guys in the Trombetti, O'Quara type of build. So, yeah, Carlo Kemp would be a very nice piece of the puzzle for Notre Dame. All right, well, Notre Dame needs to get back on a winning track this weekend. 4-1 and one coming off the tough loss to Clemson. And uh, we will get back with you prior to the game from inside the stadium. For Pete Sampson and Tim O'Malley, I'm Tim Priester. 
And this has been Irish Illustrated Insider, brought to you by irishillustrated.com. And read all about Notre Dame football on irishillustrated.com.